0: From the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast, this is Ag Day. What you can't see may be just below the surface. I'm Charles Denny, preventing toxic algae from forming here on beautiful Teleco Lake in Loudoun County, Tennessee. It's an effort by the University of Tennessee and its Institute of Agriculture. That story coming up on Ag Day. What's the secret to better soil health? Why there may not be just one answer.
1: So trying to raise those for better soil health, better water penetration when we get rainfall events. And grains will continue to move out of Europe's breadbasket for
2: now, but Russia says there's still work to be done.
3: So, you know, we'll see where this ends up.
2: What it means for U.S. markets, right now on Act Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. A deal that's allowed grain shipments to move out of Ukraine is being extended. The Black Sea Grain Initiative was due to run out this weekend. The United Nations helped to broker the original agreement along with Turkey. The UN Secretary General saying he welcomed this extension.
4: I want to uh,
2: express my deep commitment and the commitment of the UN to do everything possible for the smooth implementation of this agreement uh, in Istanbul uh, by the Joint Coordination Center and also to remove the remaining obstacles to the unimpeded exports of Russian food and fertilizers essential to avoid a food crisis uh, next year too. As of yesterday, the UN reports more than 11 million tons of ag product has been moved from the region, adding up to more than 520 shipments. Ag Day's Michelle Rook has more details and a look at the market impact.
4: Clinton, the Black Sea Grain Initiative has been extended for 120 days from November 18th without any changes. The deal will facilitate safe navigation for Ukrainian exports of grain, foodstuffs, and fertilizers from Black Sea ports to continue. The deal is bearish for U.S. corn and wheat exports, which are already lagging. Ukrainian corn and wheat prices are being offered at substantially lower prices than the U.S., making us less competitive in the global market.
2: Right now, with, uh, even with that dollar breaking like we've seen the last handful of days, you know the U.S. prices are still going to have that downward pressure,
5: at least from those cheaper grains that other importers can look at.
4: Russia confirmed the extension on Thursday but said it expected progress on removing obstacles to the export of Russian food and fertilizers, and the U.N. says they're fully committed to that.
3: But in the meantime, Russia is narrowing what they want saying look we don't want that much we just want easing of some of the sanctions and we'll happily let that go through so you know we'll see where this ends up
4: the export of russian ammonia via a pipeline to the black sea has not yet been agreed to as part of the renewal now ukraine says russian exports of ammonia through its territory could only be allowed if the kremlin agrees to exchange all war prisoners Ukraine still wants the deal extended by a whole year, and with one more export port added.
2: All right, Thanks, Michelle. Out of Washington, Republicans have captured control of the House after garnering the 218 seats needed to control it. Farm Journal Washington analyst Jim Wiesmeyer saying the House Ag Committee is likely to be led by Republican Representative G.T. Thompson of Pennsylvania. Wiesmeyer saying any timeline for a new farm bill next year largely rests with the House. Adding Thompson has made it clear he wants a bill in 2023 and wants the House to consider it by the August congressional recess. First, it was the snow, now cold, moving into the northern parts of the country. While in other areas, the lake effect snow dump continues. Meteorologist Matt Urasavik is tracking it all.
6: Yeah, Clinton, and we're still looking at some of that very cold air really filtering into the central and at northern plains and then right across those great lakes, allowing that lake effect snow machine to really kick in as we head through today and even into the weekend as well. Parts of western New York near Buffalo could be looking at feet of snow. Behind that system, not much is going on. A few clouds in the central plains and some showers in southern Texas, but staying more mild out to the west. Here's a look at that uh, snowfall that we're talking about. Downwind of the lakes, Lake Michigan bringing some of that into the state of Michigan. And then downwind of Lake Erie, yeah, we're going to be getting feet of snow in and around the Buffalo area. A lake effect snow emergency in place there through Friday and into Saturday. We'll keep an eye on that. But the colder air coming in as well. Not only are the temperatures going to be in the teens and 20s across the midwest but we're going to have those feels like temperatures down into the single digits and even in some cases below zero something we're going to talk more about here in just a little bit
5: yields in the fields on ag day is brought to you by micro essentials from mosaic the science of more discover our proven products text yields to three one three one three
6: and kelly c of indiana posting this picture saying the view it's too pretty not to share. and Kelly says it's been an average harvest so far to a little above for yields due to the lack of rainfall this year. I'll have more on your forecast coming up.
2: It's being called a potential act of ecoterrorism. Investigators in Ohio say someone let loose up to 40,000 mink from a farm. The Van Wert County Sheriff reports the incident happened at Lion Farms about 15 miles from the Indiana State Line. One TV station reporting people in the area came out to hunt the animals earlier this week because the mink are highly destructive carnivores, which can be a danger to chickens and other animals. So many mink were killed crossing a road near the farm that the sheriff says a plow was brought in to clear them away. Other mink remained on the property and were corralled by workers. It's now estimated about 10,000 mink remain unaccounted for. The sheriff's office says domesticated meat generally will not survive in the wild because they lack natural survival skills. There's no word on any potential motive or suspects.
5: Flip Your Soil on Ag Day is brought to you by ESN Smart Nitrogen.
2: Taking a holistic approach to soil health on your farm can produce big benefits agronomically. Plus, as Ag Day's Michelle Rook reports, it can help farmers save money on input costs.
4: For farmers in the High Plains, the most limiting agronomic factor is precipitation. That's why farmers like Adam Heskett have adopted systems to promote soil health through no-till and diverse rotations, including sorghum.
1: The value that it can add to our soils is through really adding residue or crop residue to the soil so we don't have as much evaporation, because that's big in this dry environment, but also new to me and and I guess going forward is the carbon component of grain sorghum and being able to maybe capture some of those benefits as well.
4: He also uses a variety of cover crop mixes, which he says catch snow in the winter, but even in drought years help to retain soil moisture.
1: The dry years, the benefit that I've seen is through reduced evaporation and transpiration. So when we have something covering the soil like we see out here, if we have a blanket of residue across that, We're not going to have the open pan evaporation that we experience from these open soils.
4: Heskett says cover crops create habitat for pollinators and wildlife and decrease wind erosion. They also capture moisture, especially during heavy rain events, and allow it to better infiltrate the soil to get deep down to the crop roots.
1: As far as benefits to the soil, soil health, organic matter, we're out in 1% to 2% organic matter soils, so trying to raise those for better soil health, better water penetration when we get rainfall events.
4: Cover crops have also lowered as input costs. They provide weed suppression to lower herbicide use and the right mix can build specific soil nutrients, decreasing fertilizer use.
1: We saw our foss levels increase and part of that is the recycling of nutrients and bringing that nutrient that maybe was tied up into our soils.
4: Heskett says that's good risk management in the current market environment and improves his ROI.
1: The high yields, yeah, they're there, but also what I noticed from the fertility side, um, we're also seeing benefits from reduced inputs. So it doesn't always have to be high yields. You can have a better return on investment.
4: Heskett has integrated livestock onto his cover crops and corn and sorghum stocks in the fall to take advantage of the manure. He says this holistic approach has made his operation more sustainable than when he began farming 20 years ago and will continue to improve until his son takes over. I'm Michelle Rook reporting for Ag Day.
2: All right, thanks, Michelle. Now, we'll get back to the Ukrainian grain deal and its impact on prices here at home. That's coming up next in Analysis. And later, concerns about what may be lurking just under the surface of a popular lake in Tennessee and what researchers are doing about it in the country. While the extension of the Ukrainian Export Agreement is easing supply worries, it's also putting wheat prices under pressure here at home. Michelle is back with a look at the markets now.
4: Thursday's market closes mostly higher in livestock mixed in the grains. Matt Bennett is joining us with Ag Market. And we started off with some early pressure in the grains with the Black Sea export deal extended. But actually, do you think we held up pretty well in the market? Do we have most of it factored in?
3: I I think a fair amount of this is already factored in for sure. You know, and then obviously you come in here and you get really good corn sales, you know, over a million tons. First time we've seen that in quite some time. You know, you come in here and you get that. And I think it just shows you that, uh, you know, I don't think everyone was too awful down in the mouth about the corridor deal opening back up. Uh, To be honest, I think it's kind of a tired story at this time. Uh, I, I do think that if you switch things back the other way and said, hey, Maybe we're not going to be able to have this corridor opened for perpetuity. I'm not sure that it's going to affect the market quite to the level that it did whenever that news was fresh and coming out previously.
4: Yeah, but corn's certainly impressive to bounce off the 100 day moving average this week and to hold together despite the fact that wheat and crude oil have been kind of getting pounded.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, whenever the wheat market continues to get hit, especially on news of the corridor deal, and then to look over and see the corn market performing well, that's a really good sign. Uh, yes, we did bounce technically. I think that, you know, when you get right down to it, uh, you know, the technicals obviously could fall apart. But then you got to ask yourself, uh, due to the fundamentals of the market, you know, is that really uh, something that you can count on holding? You know, are you going to see a fair amount of buying surface? If you get, for instance, uh, the corn market below 650, I think the answer would probably be yes at this point. You know, some of the end users we talk to have a fair amount of interest in uh, buying more as they can uh, scale down potentially.
4: Matt, soybeans have had a tough week here so far. Do you think we're going to hold together here? I know a lot of it's been South American weather and this big implosion in the soybean oil market.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, soybean oil is struggling, and then you look uh, in Brazil, other than southern Brazil, uh, weather's pretty favorable, quite frankly, and you've got to think that uh, people are watching closely. You know, if you do have 150-plus million metric ton crop, uh, right. world situation is going to be anything but tight. And so, yes, we're talking tight here in the U.S., but, you know, we're going to lose some export business later in the year. We've had pretty good year-round sales, you know, where actually uh, it doesn't fall completely out of bed like it used True. to. And so uh, you've got to expect that if Brazil comes in in the middle of February, harvesting a Huge bean crop, uh, we're probably going to see some of those go away. So, got to be pretty cautious here, in my opinion. You're still looking okay. at phenomenal soybean prices, relatively speaking. So, okay. I don't want to throw cold water on
4: Hopefully, Hopefully, we can hold that $14 mark. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, that's Ag Markets, Matt Bennett.
5: To contact Matt Bennett at Ag Market, call 844 4AG Market or visit their website at www.agmarket.net. Ag Day is brought to you by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Closing Wheels provide quicker emergence and are more consistent in dry conditions than any other closing wheels. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an End Zone Moisture Management Package.
2: joining us here taking a look at uh, well temperatures once again and once again here we are really cold.
6: Yeah, and we showed those temperatures a little bit earlier. That was the actual air temperatures, but this here, this is the feels like temperatures factoring in that wind and we've got temperatures at Bismarck minus 11. So the cold air is here to stay at least through the weekend and you can see those colder temperatures even making their way all the way down into Oklahoma, Tulsa. 25 degrees the feels like temperature this morning 15 down in Saint Louis and even feeling like the 20s across the east coast so that cold air has made it here and as we head a little bit deeper into the weekend it will stick around but here's a look at the temperatures in the afternoon 20s and 30s across the middle of the country teens still in the upper part of the Midwest and then 50s and low 60s down in the south still 81 in Miami that's out ahead of that cold front still that's going to uh, really start to stick around but By tomorrow morning, again, colder air is likely across most of the country and that's going to stick around through the weekend as we head through the weekend, still looking at some of those lake enhanced snow showers that are going to persist likely through about Sunday. And that's because the flow is going to be out of the north and west across those lakes. That's pretty much all that's going to be going on is that lake effect snow as that system exits high pressure in control other than a few snow showers in the Rockies and a few showers in southern Texas. Most of the country is pretty clear and calm as we head into the weekend. More rain will get going there across the Gulf Coast, but we keep it cold and snowy across the uh, lake areas there. You can kind of see where we're going to be looking at those hefty lake bands in western New York. Feet of snow on tap in that area. We could be looking at four to almost six feet of snow close to Buffalo where they're in a lake effect snow emergency. So something we will continue to keep an eye on there. More snow in Michigan and in upstate New York as well. And this jet stream, it will eventually shut off that lake enhanced snow and bring in more milder temps for the start of next week before it looks like another cooler shot of air could come in after Thanksgiving. And we'll continue to track that right here on Ag Day. That's a look around the country. Now let's take a look at the weather where you live. Buffalo, New York, a lake effect snow warning, a high near 35 degrees. Heading to Kalamazoo, Michigan, lake effect snow likely, a high near 29. And Woodward, Oklahoma, cloudy and chilly with a few flurries, a high near 32 degrees.
2: Livestock producers are getting new competition. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has cleared a meat product grown from animal cells for consumption. In a first-of-its-kind decision, the FDA approved a plan by Upside Foods. The company makes cell-cultured chicken by harvesting cells from live animals. It then uses the cells to grow meat in stainless steel tanks. The FDA is saying in documents it had reviewed information from the company and had no further questions about the company's conclusions that its cultivated chicken is safe for people to eat. It will be allowed to bring its products to market after they are inspected by USDA. Purdue University is getting a big grant to try and help fight citrus greening. The disease, spread by an insect, has damaged citrus trees in California, Texas, and left the Florida citrus industry near total ruin since 2005. Researchers at Purdue are getting a $1 million grant from USDA to develop a treatment that will help plants fend off the disease. They hope a recently developed antibiotic treatment will be able to get down to the roots of the trees after first being applied to leaves. Being called pond scum isn't nice for a reason. We'll tell you about some new work battling pond algae.
5: Ag Day is brought to you by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Closing Wheels provide quicker emergence and are more consistent in dry conditions than any other closing wheels. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an End Zone Moisture Management Package.
2: Many Tennessee lakes and ponds have an algae problem and in some instances It can be toxic to people, livestock, and aquatic wildlife. Charles Denny reports
0: on what's being done to help keep waterways clean. Teleco Lake is just gorgeous on a fall day, but a pretty waterway can still be polluted below the surface. While you don't see anything floating on top of the water, Teleco has algae blooms at different depths. That's a concern because algae can sometimes release toxins that are harmful to people or any living thing.
2: So we're very good at identifying who's there, whether they have uh, the capability to make toxins or whether they have the genes. And then we work with partners in New York who are very good chemists that are able to tell us whether the toxins are present or not.
0: This man-made lake was built by TVA in the late 70s. Back then, no one was here but now some 15,000 people make their home near this waterway. That's a lot of home lawns, golf courses, and agricultural fields. Algae's everywhere. Yeah. And- Randy Morris is with the environmental group Water, the Watershed Association of the Teleco Reservoir and a lakeside resident.
6: If we have har- harmful algal blooms, that's going to be a real problem for the people who live on the lake both health-wise and economically. The motto, if you will, of water is to uh, preserve, preserve or improve the quality of the water of the lake. Actually, of the whole watershed.
0: The UT Institute of Agriculture is also part of this collaborative effort, looking at the environmental factors that lead to the formation of the algae blooms. Uh, they are a result of uh, nutrient enrichment from uh, the uh, nearby um, landscape particularly phosphorus and nitrogen. Um, but yes, it's very much a question of looking at where the, uh, the nutrient sources are potentially, both from rural and urban areas. The algal monitoring will continue with plans to also test other portions of the area. Teleco is a place of peace and beauty, and the goal here is to emphasize protection and celebrate clean water. This is Charles Denny reporting. All right, thanks, Charles. And that's all the time we have this morning. I'm
2: sure we you tune in from all of us here at Agday. I'm Clinton Griffiths. great day.